Welcome to NFL Mayo. I'm Luke. I'm Aiden. We are doing this podcast early on a Friday morning after we've seen preseason football. Oh yeah, a nice chunky evening of ball. Probably, <clears throat> I would actually argue it's the first time in my entire life where I covered to covered two preseason games in a row. Like watching first top time to bottom. in your life. In my life, I don't really. I've never personally given a flying fuck. But not the even having them on in the background. Um, that's different. I literally watched these. All I of was it? like, I oh, dude, yeah, I was watching this shit. Oh yeah, it was awesome. I even, I even tuned out for parts of it. I yeah, took a I was walk on with it. Pippen for part. I was of it. excited. Yeah. You should have. If if you asked my wife, it was an NFL Sunday. Like I was locked in. I was so happy. Like I'm loving uh, the double header action. Yeah, we got so, one tonight I mean, too. Let's just start there. We recorded last week's podcast before the Hall of Fame game, so why don't we just open up with the Hall of Fame game and get right into Hard Knocks, which was right after. Yeah. We've got some nice HD footage of the Hall of Fame game on Hard Knocks. Um, you want to start, or you want me to talk about it? About the game or the show? The the game first. Game, yeah, go for it. I, I, I paid cursory attention. <clears throat> yeah, so the main attraction to this game, which a steep fall for the former second overall pick, but... Zach Wilson gets the start in the Hall of Fame game, so even casual fans know they're going to probably get a couple drives with the top pick um, in this short amount of time. And to, to um, clarify, Jets versus the Browns. So at the beginning, you see you know Wilson look a little bit flustered out of a clean pocket, spinning, falling, um, nothing really of note. And then he does drop a casual like 50-yard dime down the left sideline which was absolutely beautiful and you find out later that that play was called by uh rogers from the headset and he was like yelling out the guy's name to throw it to so that's really cool and that that bleeds into hard knocks um we got to see this freakishly deep pass rushing unit for the jets we got to see this I mean, it's not a high school stadium, but it's damn near a high school stadium lose power for a little bit. It is a high school stadium. It is a high school stadium. It's It's a a glorified. It's a a nice high school stadium. It's a glorified high school stadium, but it is. Yeah. And it's right next door to the hall. It's so cool, man. I got to check that out. We we got to see Demarcus Ware's attempt at the national anthem, which was all right. It was beautiful. Did you see why he did it? Very long. Did you hear why he did it? He did it... um, uh, so they, they talked to him later in the broadcast. I guess I did pay pretty good attention. Um, they talked to him later in the broadcast, and it was um, an homage to t- his teammate Demarius Thomas uh, from when they were on the Broncos because they would stand next to each other uh, every game during the national anthem. Okay. <clears throat> so isn't that lovely? I understand it wasn't the best, but I assumed it was I assumed it was just like, a, oh, this guy's getting his gold jacket. Let him eat, it. Let him eat cake. You know what I mean? Um, which I was even still okay with, but the fact that it was kind of like a sweet thing to like a a fallen a fallen Broncos legend. I mean, that's nice. I mean, that's nice. It just was a little long. That's the only thing. Um, it wasn't even necessarily bad. But the way he hit that home, his voice like fucking <laughs> did this like break, and I'm like, who is this fucking star? I was like, oh we, my god. We got to see Joe Thomas just rock solid left tackle for the Browns. Not Joe Thomas, uh, Zach, my bad, Zach Thomas, right? No, you had it. It was Joe Thomas? Yeah. I mean, was Zach Thomas there too? Yeah. 
Both? Okay. Yeah, there we go. Andrew Alrevis. So, going from the Hall of Fame game, which was entertaining because it was the first padded football that we got to see of this of the season officially we saw DTR from UCLA rookie quarterback for the Browns who looked pretty cool I think he threw a pretty awesome block on a touchdown he runs uh, around Rod- too Rodgers loves him for the west coast uh, um you know connection even though Rodgers was Cal so we'll get to hard knocks Luke I want you to take us away with your hard knocks perceptions <laughs> while I deal with this like throat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna give you um, just the most of two minds, or, or not even of two mind. It's like uh, I can feel one way while acknowledging the other thing. And here's what I'll say: You're gonna hate my guts a little, and I'll say it to the world. I said it to T the other day when I talked to him. I already know what you're going to say, you fucking piece of shit, because you're so fair weather. You see see one bad about Aaron Rodgers. You see one character profile, and you're willing to forgive all crimes. You look at this Bernie Madoff fucking fluff piece, and you're like, what's so bad about a pyramid scheme? The guy's a good guy. Nothing big happened. The guy quoted gold members. He's one of us. That's Luke right now. You're I'm weak. like, dude. That's what I'm I saying. I literally messaged. I'm like, Nathaniel Hackett loves gold. Like, what do you want he from me, dude? Gold. He loves gold. I'm like, yeah, that's not hilarious. Like, it is. I don't care. Fuck it. Like, I, uh, I'm like, god damn it. I, it's one of those things where you see, and I think I've said this before. It's like, would we be friends with this dude or want to be friends with this dude if if he weren't being so annoying about COVID no. and all this other stuff, and if he weren't the Packers owning our like, like hopes and dreams as bears and Vikings fans respectively. Um, maybe. And I remember at the beginning of the show, I was still pretty, you want to be friends with that bug eyed cretin. I kind of do. I kind of want to hang out with him a little. And, and this is, and this is me also knowing that I am very easily influenced. And this is me knowing that the whole show, the whole episode is so wonderfully, wonderfully carefully crafted to to make sure you know that Rogers is he's pretty uh, he's pretty good guy. Like that's the whole point of the episode to the point where it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Like, and and when you break the fourth wall to say it, that's what I think has offended me most. Uh, like throughout the week, and I was telling Taylor about it yesterday because they they keep showing the clips from the episode on ESPN and NFL Network and all this shit. Where if if I'm meant as the viewer to believe that players are having a candid conversation and then about Aaron Rodgers, right? Just saying that like their true thoughts about him, that's fine. But if a player grabs the boom mic and pulls it into frame to say something into it. That shatters the whole illusion of the show. Like, it shatters the whole illusion of what Hard Knocks is meant to be. It, obviously, it's not real. Of course, it's a production. But it's supposed to be a fly on the wall, like, fucking... Luke, Luke sorry to interrupt, but they brought in the narrator for, like, 30 minutes of the episode. It was yes, all about it, that. That's true, too. But even still, even still, like, that is... Yes, you're right. That is actually on the same plane. But not so much as, like, to the point where I'm saying, if you want me to believe that you guys all believe this stuff in your heart of hearts, that 
that eight is special and eight isn't what they say on the TV, about him on TV and everybody's saying this in every scene, fine. If you're saying it in your talking head, I understand that that's rehearsed. But when you're just on the sideline and they're just supposed to be getting candids, now I know the rest of the season that all of those candid conversations are kind of bullshit. Like everybody knows that camera's on them and it kind of, they sort of cheapen their product in a way, in my opinion. If I sound crazy, I sound crazy, but like, I know I I get where you're coming from. I kind of feel like the show's been going that way for a while. It was a little bit less journalistic. You know what I mean? In its nature. I mean, obviously there's storylines, obviously there's narratives and obviously they're written. I get that. And I love it. I love it for that. And they, and they get you to – it's like a perfect documentary where they get you to love an animal in the wild and then they, they you watch the animal die. You know what I mean? They do that with players yeah. that where they're like, you love this person. They're cut. Like I well, understand that that happens. Let me tell you happens, something. Every, for every little flamingo chick who's trying to get the La Brea salt flat crystals from weighing her, her feet that's, down that's to keep like up this. with the flock – there's there's a baby fox that needs dinner. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's all about perspective and framing. So yeah. Luke so easily swayed by the narrative mm-hmm. framing of Aaron Rodgers. Kind of a delight, forget, isn't he? Forgets about how this man absolutely desires and craves the attention he is now getting. And as soon as things go awry, and then in the media and the fan base turn against him. Watch how he acts. That's all I'm saying. Now that is also to say, I truly do think the Jets are going to be phenomenal this year. Um, not just because of the rapport that they may be fictionally or portraying amongst the team, but the talent on the team. And I have a not so hot take about Aaron and why he loves Nathaniel Hackett so much. And I think it was kind of shown in this episode by the way they communicate. I think Aaron loves Hackett so much because Aaron's coaching Hackett. Okay, I I buy that. I I think think Aaron's coaching this whole fucking team at this point. Yeah, exactly. I think Aaron doesn't want a coach who's coaching him. Aaron wants somebody who validates Aaron coaching himself and the team. I see that. I and see Hackett that. is not a coach. He's just Aaron's friend. That's I mean, he's where absolutely I'm absolutely his pal. That's but I mean, what it is. Well, Aaron's talking to him. Case, he's like, "What are we doing? Are we doing one. Are we doing are we doing two two thing with the fake and a pump." And, and then he's like, "He's like he." Luke, Aaron already knows how practice goes with Hackett. Aaron already knows what plays Aaron wants to call. Hackett seems to be the kind of guy that's going to let Aaron do his thing and just do gold member quotes with him, which is what Aaron well, wants because he's a narcissist. Well, whatever. I mean, like, that's what that's what made their Packers uh, red zone, gold zone, so fucking good. Like, that's what, uh, like, that's what, like so whatever. Good Go! fucking idea. Dude, he Aaron's loves like, gold. Yeah. Aaron's like, yeah, so I learned a lot about, uh, learned a lot about gold member. Yeah, gold learned member about how skates. Learned uh, how he got got gold, uh, uh member. And yeah, he, uh, and, uh, uh, I'm like, all right, yeah, dude, uh, all right. We, we uh, we like baseball. We like to say the the, the craziest we things we can little, think little of, and they're baseball. not even crazy. They're not it's that like crazy. <laughs> they're like the Sean Payton one was funny. Yeah, they yeah, were Sean kind Payton. of. It, look, practice seemed fun. Garrett Wilson versus Sauce Gardner is amazing. They're like Sauce in talking love with to each Aaron other between the, the Hall place. of Fame game. Is yeah, so that was so there. funny. Sauce is Sauce is a very likable character going back to yes, college to best. get his degree. Um look, I I will maintain that my my uh, draft take on Sauce was not that he is a bad player. 
or not that he wouldn't be good. He just came off to me as the kind of guy with his body type that could potentially be a a bust for the expectations they were putting on him because of how thin he was. I, I could see him getting bullied a bit. Not the case. Not the case. No. He is incredible. His his wingspan has been a huge boon to him in past deflections. And look, Garrett Wilson is making incredible plays, and having a guy like Aaron throwing it to him is going to look good. Um, I don't have too much else to say about Hard Knocks. I thought, is it Liv Schreiber? Is that his name? Liv? Liv Schreiber. Liv Schreiber. Schreiber. I thought it was cool seeing Sabretooth on the episode. Maybe he was on the episode a little bit more than I would have expected. It's um, a very weird thing because he's obviously a celeb and he's obviously awesome. I didn't know he was the voice at all. I I did, Uh, but only because I just know his voice really well. I watched Ray Donovan. I watched fucking – I've seen a lot of flicks with him. He's great. It's cool. I didn't know he played cornerback in college. Like that was kind of badass. He's um, that was neat. I want to meet leave. <laughs> he seems so cool. Um, but yeah, that was weird. That was a weird thing. It's like, did you run out of story? Like you guys, that's weird. Um, but I don't know. They're definitely fluff piecing it, which is kind. I thought, I think Robert Sala is cool. Um, I thought his I thought his metaphor was kind of dumb at the beginning, but it's okay. Um, it obviously worked for the team. Um, Taylor's like, well, why would they talk about the Eagles? Because they're the Jets. And I was like, I never even thought about it, babe. And Wait, what were they? T- when were they talking about the Eagles? Did I miss something? The opening thing of Robert Sala being like, Eagles soar with a crow on their back so high to where the crow suffocates You're and right. the Eagles can Good fly. Call. And yada, Good yada. Call. And Taylor's like, well, why would they do that? And yeah, then the next a, morning, why wouldn't on, they make a jet metaphor? And I was like, well, I never thought about it, babe. And then the next morning on ESPN, Dominique Fox was like, well, that's stupid. That you that you say the Eagles like, um, it's, You're it's right. pretty That's funny. a good call. But, I didn't even think. But about whatever, it. and it's like, and it's like you know, I like Sala. I, I I. But the more I thought about it last night, as I was thinking about getting up to do this show, um, Peyton Sean Peyton was way out of line, and we've talked about that and covered it extensively at this point. But he's not super. He's not so far off base when he no, says he's a, that. He's like, right. The, comparing it to Russ coming in and running the team like yeah this is happening so i believe that oh, i've already has said the, that i had the whole combo about teams selling yeah. their souls to get these veteran qbs yeah, and, and like look what happens you lose all your identity immediately is is ceded to them it's hard because they have so but this is the thing it could be best case scenario like this almost smells more like uh getting lebron and bosh to the heat like this smells more like super team because you have two rookies of the year and actual talent Correct. and all and this I'll other stuff you, and the broncos well, i don't believe had that i'll tell but, you one thing that separates broncos in buccaneers situations from this one as much as i don't want to admit it because i think this should be the blueprint is zach wilson because if you have Aaron for two years, and if Aaron continues to coach Zach like he has been, knowing that he's on the sunset of his career, he could hand the keys to Zach right at the end of his rookie contract, you could potentially transition into Zach like mm-hmm. doing what some of these Zach great learned? quarterbacks got yeah. to do and, and you know, uh, marinate a little bit in the slow cooker. Sure. So Whatever, man. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. Luke loves him now, but there's him. other stuff to talk about. Fun. He didn't affect me any. He's just out. He's just out there having a good time. Eight, well, eight special, man. Anything so, that anything they say about Aaron Rodgers on TV is a lie. 
There was Viking on Viking crime in the Hall of Fame game. Chaz Surratt, former Viking pick, picking off Kellen Mond, former Viking pick. I see him every day. All right. Uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, do you remember that Zimmer quote about Kellen Mond? Yeah. You want to see, do you do you see some see more of Kellen Mond? Maybe see Kellen Mond? See Not day. particularly. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> see him every day. Dude, so Zimmer was the crazy. worst at the end. All right, what let's talk fuck? about last night's doubleheader, which were served to us with absolutely bunk audio and, vis- and visual quality. Oh, yeah. It was, rough. the camera like, work was bad. The audio was making my head ring. But it came with a, a big treat for me because, um, yes, because the Seahawks, uh, it was supposed to be the local Seahawks broadcast and they had technical difficulties. So we got the Minnesota local broadcast with Paul Allen and my boy Ben Lieber on the sideline interviewing Vikings players and like, like, there's just something I never realize I'm missing like uh, in this world when I watch just the regular broadcast of a Vikings game where you get just like people that have a cursory knowledge of the team and they're given talking points on a piece of paper, yada, yada. Yeah. This is like, oh, yeah. Was there any corners smarter than Corey Chavis and Antoine Winfield? No, yeah, and, like, so it, just, and I'm like crying. I'm like. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, going to admit like, as a Bears fan. I love Paul Allen. He did annoy me a couple times only because his takes are so homery. He's like, oh, and it looks like we got a flag there for what? Like touching someone? What is this? And that'll be his commentary. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. He's He's like, like, Justin Jefferson. Gosh almighty, what a wonderful young man. Love Justin Jefferson. Like, he just, like, it's so homery. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, like the most. He says goal stripe a lot, which I like. I like him, but I, I get it. And I remember T saying, he's like, I'm going to switch to the local Minnesota broadcast. And then it just did all of a sudden. I'm like, well, it that's It did weird. for us. My mom so, always has the local on deck. She'll play Paul Allen on the radio and sync it with the TV she's watching. That's awesome. So let's go in order. So let's start with the Houston Texans game. We got to see CJ Stroud come out for, I think, about two drives. He mm-hmm. looked absolutely awful, man. Yeah, um, very it was his element. Houston versus the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots have a pretty okay front, and they're fairly deep. But that Houston offensive line was getting absolutely pummeled. And just the body language alone, I've seen every play CJ has made in college, obviously. I've seen every cock on the planet. And and I've seen some of his high school play, especially when he was competing in Elite 11. So I've seen CJ and... In case there's some Houston Texans fans listening, I'm gonna break down how he, how it goes with this guy. Houston at, or CJ has incredible arm talent, and he can put the ball anywhere he needs to put it. I don't think he is a force multiplier or an elevator of talent. I think he played with some of the most insane wide receiver talent any quarterback has ever benefited from in college, and that can't be disputed. But he also has an issue with clutch situations and with jitters and it's going to take him a while to settle in and i'm worried that his confidence is going to get shattered because justin was the same when you come out of this this system at ohio state ryan day's system is predicated on having elite players on the perimeter getting them the ball deep you're never looking to check down it's not that they can't learn it it's that it's hard to learn it on the fly with no offensive line you know what I mean? So it's going to take yeah. them a while. And you risk losing their mentality when they're getting pummeled all the time. So we saw 
CJ take hits almost every throw, and then on one of his throws, just fucking airmail one to Jalen Mills. And I know this is not an indication of him and his career, no, but it's the first preseason as an Ohio State career. fan, I know where this goes. I know where this leads because I've seen CJ Stroud play. Um, I'm not overly optimistic with what he can do this year. I'm going to be honest with you. Wow. I think Bryce Young is going to be light years ahead of him. I think so too. I think so too. Just based on, um, just based on the eye test so far, I think um, that's 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 true. But you know, we don't know if if we watch the Panthers game if if Homeboy comes out and and has a hard time too. So it's like, I I, I like Bryce Young a lot. I definitely think um, you're on the nose with that. I think you're correct. But I don't know, man. Like I I think that. And maybe I'm just feeling this way because I'm reading all these like comments from Vikings fans like on social media being so pissed and livid about a preseason loss and stuff. But I'm just like, don't overreact. And I just think that extends to everybody. Like, I don't want to overreact and say Stroud's season's fucked because he looked not good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I you know what I mean? And it's like literally the first snaps taste of the real NFL he's had. Like. You know, some players just need to get knocked into game speed. Yeah, I get that. I'm just saying, from an Ohio State fan's perspective, that's I true. Know, I mean, you've seen years of this guy, so I, I, I don't, I don't I just, mean to diminish that. I've seen his body language when he's on, and I've seen his body language when he's off, and I saw all of the latter in that game, and I worry that that's going to be the case for a while because he's shown jitters. Um, one thing, a really quick aside, I just saw disk space remaining for recording is only 21 minutes on this recording app, so we wow. may have to go a little short on this episode. Okay, yeah, we can wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I have to look into that afterwards. A little technical. All right, so <laughs> one thing that stood out to me um, up to that point in the second preseason game was just the quality of offensive line play was poor for every team. Um, quarterbacks have been getting pummeled. This definitely showed also in the Viking Seahawks game where Mullen or Nick Mullins was getting his, his head just dribbled off of the fucking turf. Every time he took a hit hard. I really like, yeah, but like, I just worry after what we see with Tua and I'm sure we're going to see that in the bears game because the bears have been dealing with offensive line injuries. Like it's just every team. Can I, speaking of, of fucking hits to the melon and stuff, and, and people, I just want to gush for a second. Uh, who's the third quarterback for the fucking Cunningham for the, for the Patriots? Malik he Cunningham from Louisville. Is a baller. He like is a him. baller. And I'm watching this game, and he gets his fucking, he's getting tackled, and the dude reaches up, and one hand goes to the face mask. Pulls his face mask, his helmet, and head completely sideways to the point where the player rips his helmet off and fucking Cunningham's head is completely twisted backward and snaps back. Fucking next play throws a goddamn dime touchdown. Like, doesn't even take, like, a playoff. Like, he's out there balling, dude. This guy is a freak. And he's an undrafted free agent. Like, he started like, the game at wide receiver. And it's like, okay. Like, and Bill's like... Like uh, that Bill cool? O'Brien's over there, like yes, that is cool. After he throws that dime, like coaching him up or whatever, and then Belichick's like just standing in the same frame, just like with a little smile. Dude, it was hilarious. Like in my head, I'm like, <laughs> is he is he seeing Tom Brady right now? Like, he's, is it happening? Oh, it was exactly Julian, that. He's seeing Julian Edelman. 
I mean, dude, I, it was awesome. It was awesome. This guy rocked. He had, I mean, I know it's third stringers playing in a preseason game. There's my overreaction. Cunningham's a baller. Look for him to start for the Patriots. <laughs> no, that's a good point. On my point. Madden franchise. That's certainly a good point. Uh, I forgot to point out Malik Cunningham. And that's one of the most fun things to see in preseason games are these young QBs who are baller. out there balling out. Um, anything you want to talk about for the Vikings game? Yeah, um, I you know like you said, Mullins was getting hit. Our pa- our uh, offensive line did not look very good. Darisaw wasn't in. Um, I think we're missing a few other folks. O'Neal, obviously JJ didn't play. Kirk Cousins didn't play. KJ Osborne didn't play. Jake um, O'Neal. Uh, I'll I'll give you some positives. Jalen Rager had a fucking game. Jalen Rager had like five catches or something like, and he was balling out. Um, I liked what I saw from newbie Nikhil Harry. Um, that's very intriguing to me. I really quest does what I like to do. I like to go and find those former first rounders and try to get them on the squad and see what they can do. I, I do it on Madden. He doesn't real life. Um, I think it's sick. I think it's cool. And, and hopefully yeah, we they can had him last year. Um, yeah. Uh, he's really big too. It's it's he's crazy. Huge. Um, I'll tell you one thing about uh, Nikhil Harry. He's gonna catch like six passes for you this season, and like two of them are gonna be just like that. Really cool. He can only do two things. He can block well because he's massive and built like a linebacker, and he can run straight and jump and catch a ball like over people. That's all he can do though. We had. Um... On the negative side, the Vikings had some issues on special teams uh, that need to get righted. Like, we had a pretty horrible muff punt. Um, one of the – I mean, oof, Paul Allen was being really mean about it. He was. Um, yeah. He's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, dude. What um, is going on? I mean, I was pretty mad. I, I was pretty mad about it. it. It was pretty rough. And it was also, like, freak accident, bounce right into somebody's hands. Stuff. It was crazy. Um Anyways, we had a lot of penalties and we had special teams issues, which um, those are things that you're working on in the preseason. So I assume that um, we'll, we'll get that ship righted. But we had a, the Vikings were very penalized last year, like and um, maybe not so much last year as the year before. I could be wrong on the stats, but we've had issues on special teams and on penalties, and I don't want that to be a thing in the regular season. But I think, and this is just the last thing I'll say, Year two of KOC's offense installed, Kevin O'Connell's offense, I think is going to be just hotter than fish grease. I think it's going to be like people are people believe JJ is going to go for 2000 this year. People believe and Jordan Addison looked very zippy last night in the game. He looked nice. Uh, people believe that um, KJ Osborne and, and, and Addison are going to perform too. Like it, it Kirk's going to be firing. And it's uh, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. Um. Good thing you pointed out Jordan Addison. I just wanted to highlight him and say he had a pretty impressive sideline catch, despite the fact that it was ruled incomplete. He it I should not I, have been. I yeah. clocked it as a catch live a catch. because in the in here's the thing, and this is a weird wet thing to admit. There are certain wide receivers that I've watched a lot of that when they make plays like that, that optically don't look like a catch, I all I always assume it is a catch because of how good they are at their keeping their feet quick. in. Yeah. Uh, and one of them is Marvin. And I'm not comparing them, but they both have sideline toe tap ability. And one of them is Marvin Harrison. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I've had multiple plays where I'm like, he's not in. But I'm like, 
dude, I don't know if anybody, and then I just, I have to just believe it because he does it every time. So Jordan mm-hmm. Addison looked good. Speaking of KOC's offense, um, there was a play with crossing routes where Addison goes over the top to the left and the two receivers on the left cross to the right. Addison breaks wide open and your backup quarterback threw it like right into the dirt in front of him yeah. where he had to yeah. like roll for it. So that would have been another like 20 yards for him just mm-hmm. off a of play design alone because it parted right past him. It's going to um, be fun. We're I want to highlight flying. Jaron Hall who, you know, always awesome to take a flyer on a late round QB and develop sure. him. However, sure. lefty. My favorite no, I don't think so. Is that the lefty was is Jaron Hall lefty? Unless I was just super baked. I thought that that was the other team's QB. We'll find out live on air. Carefully, and you don't have enough disk space for this. Shut up. I don't know. I thought he was a right-handed. Either way. Because I remember the other guy. I thought I thought I remember the other guy being left-handed. Anywho. Maybe I'm wrong. One thing that stood out to me a lot about Jaron Hall that he's going to have to shore up, and I know that the offensive line was having issues, but there were often plays where as soon as he would take the snap, he would just dead sprint out of the pocket to the sideline and then just, like, dirt it in front of his receiver. And I would I would just, like, probably, like, the coaching staff would probably like him to try to stick in the pocket a little bit. I'm still, I'm still looking. Yeah, I don't even know if there's a database that would show that. I don't. I mean, I believe that, but I just was uh, the Seahawks like third stringer was left-handed. Whatever. Two, one. So, uh, moving on from the preseason games, we have a doubleheader tonight, and then we're gonna have plenty of games this weekend. It seems the NFL is trying to fully dominate the evening broadcasts because they are really stringing along these preseason games. Um, another cool thing, if you haven't heard, is NFL Plus is $20 off for all their different subscription tiers, and they're getting Red Zone. So that came out yesterday. Um, I'm probably going to buy that at some point and have Red Zone that way. And it's with Hanson, if I'm not mistaken. It's the good Red Zone, yeah. not with the fucking guy I got stuck with, Siciliano, who no, I'm not a, I don't I'm not a fan of. Uh, Red Zone's fun I'm though when your when your team's not live and you want to keep tabs of everything. Did you see what YouTube TV's doing? What are they like doing? with Sunday Ticket? They're doing the they're letting you do four screen, four screen full games. I guess that's cool. All the games are going to be like three minutes behind though. Why? Because last night YouTube TV was like a player two behind. Really? NFL Network. Yeah, it was an issue. Anywho, I want to get to the Bears training camp because there's been some developments. We have had a lot of narratives flying around about how the Bears need to pick up a pass rusher. We go and do that. The one heavily linked to the Bears um, due to some connections. And, you know, you build a lot of connections when you play for half the league. Uh, We pick up Yannick Ngakwe, former Maryland Terrapin, uh, current pass rushing specialist, a mercenary of sorts. We get him in. Yeah, it was the the Viking situation was weird because he gets traded to the Vikings after getting tagged. Then Vikings expect to be good that season. They end up starting very poorly. The twilight of Zimmer and Spielman, right? Yeah, they gave Yannick the option to either stay with the team or be traded to Baltimore midseason. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which is close to his like hometown area, and he says he actually regrets going to Baltimore and he wishes he would have stayed. He said partly because he wasn't really looking too much into the defensive uh, scheme change he was about to encounter. So, all that said, the Bears need somebody who can bring a pass rush. Yannick is not going to be an edge-setting defensive end who can stop the run, but he has had eight sacks in every season of his professional career, and he's oh, had he's like specimen. seven or eight seasons. He's got one of the best cross traps in the game. Um, it's cool to get him. We get him one year for like ten, ten and a half million ish. Um, some news from training camp for the Bears: up and down performance for the offense. A lot of that is due to the rash of injuries we've had. And, I mean, Eberflus is not going to be forthcoming. But he stated that none of the injuries are so bad that he's worried about a week one issue. However, a lot of our better players are having minor injuries that are keeping them out of practice. We signed a guard from Tennessee, Nate Davis, who has yet to practice as a Bears football player in pads, not in mini camp and not in training camp. And I don't know if he has an injury or if he just doesn't practice because Tennessee fans are coming out saying Vrabel fucking hated his guts and he does this every year. He just doesn't practice. So I don't like hearing that on a team that's young and trying to build a culture. Um, Tevin Jenkins has been in and out. That's always terrifying due to his history of back injuries and... Chase Claypool and the defense have been fighting like the last week straight. It all started when our defense got very chirpy when the pads came on and like Bayless Jones dropped a pass and apparently the whole secondary mobbed him and was calling him soft and he started pushing him and swinging and then Chase Claypool ever since then has been just like ripping people's mouthpieces out and like pushing people like but I guess he's also playing well and kicking ass some people are saying he's been this like the star of camp other than dj moore whatever man i've i have never liked chase claypool one bit i think he's a physical specimen and i sure hope he performs in a contract year and i hope he's motivated but it is worrying because it can go from feisty to confrontational very quickly and he is a hothead so i worry about that um, the Bears I mean, place Kelsey's punching his own teammate in the mug, and I don't I mean, like, like Kelsey. Players do it. <laughs> yeah, I hate Kelsey, man. Uh, the Bears play Saturday. I'm definitely excited to see all of our draft picks playing. I want to see how Darnell Wright holds up in live action. A guy who's been doing super well that I haven't talked about as much, but in the draft lead up, I was saying he's one of my favorite players, and I was so happy to get him. Is Noah Sewell, linebacker, brother of Panay Sewell. Uh, both yeah both played for Oregon so Noah Sewell five-star recruit was like the number one high school or the number one linebacker prospect two years ago and then last year they got a coaching staff change and I think he was injured and he didn't play that well so he went from a borderline first round pick to a fifth round pick and I've always thought he was good I've always thought he kept that and he's been just lighting up training camp he's Great. been like doing sign language learning sign language with a family uh, after practice to try to communicate with them and stuff and people Fuck are highlighting cool. how awesome he's been he's he's getting starting reps due to some in training camp injuries and he's like picking off field and sacking people and they're blitzing him off the edge and shit. I think mm-hmm. he is going to blow up in training camp uh, in these preseason games because he is a hard-nosed football player. Um, let's think. Is there any other pressing news that have has come out? I can think of some week? hot. I can think of some hot training is camp stuff going on around the league. Something happened near our nation's capital. 
Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Rivera said that unnamed players had come to him complaining about Eric Bieniemy coaching too hard, which then had Eric Bieniemy come out and. I love Eric Bieniemy, big fan. But anytime you got to come out and and you're talking third person, freaks me out. He was like, Eric Bieniemy is gonna. Here's who Eric Bieniemy is. Eric Bieniemy is, and he's like this whole thing. I'm like, ah, you're freaking me out. I don't like when people do that. It's super villain shit. It is um, kind of weird. Yeah, especially uh, I don't when like answering that. like a conflict question. Right, and it's like, and and I still side with him. I'm a big fan, and I also think that, um, I I think that professional players can be coached hard like i mean that's i think that's an okay they do like kids are coached hard like i'm not trying to be any way i'm just saying like and i'm not condoning or condemning i'm just saying well i'm kind of i do want to say kids hard but i do think there has been yeah 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 sorry um just no you're all right um but it's just a it's just a when you say this stuff as 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 a head coach about your oc who you know has been getting rugs pulled out underneath them on head coaching jobs and getting dodged and stuff. You know that's going to invite a narrative to be to have people be like, that's why he hasn't got his head coaching job because he coaches players too hard and they don't like him and stuff. Which then led to a flood of like Tyreek Hill and all these other players being like, no, the enemy is the best. Like, get through it, yada yada. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, I I cut you off. I just wanted to point out that I do think that there's a strong chance that there's been a shift in football culture since we like grew up in terms of like practice um intensity and i think that that that's through all levels even high school i think absolutely that may be that may be part of the that's true that's a good point and i'm not and i'm not sitting here like thinking that they're cattle or anything either like i i want i mean like the vikings are like the vikings have had had a player die in training camp i don't want shit like that to go down rest in peace Corey Stringer. Uh, like, me, you know what i mean like i want people to be well taken care of what I want would these it players take, to be treated the best but what would it take you to go to a coaching staff and tell them that you think that you're you know what i mean that's that's no, all i'm I saying no like i don't, I don't know no i played multiple sports in my life and i don't know if i've ever even considered the thought of going to a coach and saying that I'm being coached too hard or I mean, on one hand is it hard. like I've on one hand in, is it commendable in wrestling practices you're like I, I mean, get it I know I hear you and it's like then I'm like and then I go like on one hand is it commendable for somebody to have the courage to speak up if he feels he's being coached too hard and then is it a betrayal of trust for it's a very this whole thing is very tricky like we can unpack this with it's a lot of layers and what I what it comes down to is like Gone are the days where we can just chalk this up to, like, uh, and, and I'm not maligning this. I'm just saying, like, you can't just be like, well, this is a man's sport, deal with it, yada, yada. Like, I think we're gone. Like, I think that's gone. Like, I think that we can't attack everything from, like, the same psychology or, yeah. like, throwback I'm a psych- psychology. I'm a psych guy. I get it. Um, I actually wrote a whole paper about how <laughs> uh, it was a textual analysis, actually. Um, but I was writing about how like the, the, um, and this was, this was during the Tua situation. This was like a college paper I wrote about the narrative shift in football. And I had to highlight a whole section, which I don't know if the teacher appreciated where I said the true draw of football is the violence. It is the innate draw of football. There is something endearing about watching people 
tried to go out there and perform like warrior feats through injuries day in day out and hit people every play like that is what sure. initially drew people to the sport and i'm like and then i unpacked other things the cultural shift the 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 cte knowledge that we have now but it's impossible for people who are super pro players to not acknowledge the fact that a huge draw of the game is the violence like and sure. that that is just like at, and we are very pro player you can look through every episode we've pretty sure, much been sure. consistent but we also have to highlight that we did grow up when we never would have even considered saying something like that to a coach no. because the whole point was to try to act tougher than you ever could be and almost embody something bigger than yourself. Like, you know I mean, what I mean? NFL players don't do, don't, don't do full pad two a days. And, and, you know, we had to as kids like stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So like, I hear where you're coming from. And it's also like a matter of, I've been on this show, especially the last few years and post Tua, and being like, this stuff is not that important to me. Like, I love this game more than anything, but it is, Oh my God, life is so much bigger than than. than yeah, but I invest you know a lot I mean? of my time and, in it. I love no, it. but listen, no, me too, me too, me too, and 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 I and I live for this, and I thank I and I thank every single one of them for continuing to play because it's awesome. I'm just saying, if I'm Tua, and then that's the mindset I started to have, where I'm like, I mean, fuck, dude, I don't know. I think I'd probably just consider like retirement or all this other stuff, and just like I used to say, how like Jared Allen would talk about like how football was this thing he did, but it wasn't his life and he likes to hunt and it used to break my heart. Like, you know what I mean? It used to break my heart as a kid to hear stuff like that. And now I'm like, of course not. These are just dudes. And like the coaches you're coaching are just dudes. And then it led me to this thought process. Like the last night or the day before when I was like the difference of the difference between us, like as kids uh, playing football versus our teammates who didn't quote unquote buy in like we did or whatever. The difference was they were able – they were not able to lie to themselves like we were. Oh, yeah, were, 100%. You know what I'm saying? They were not able to lie to themselves like we were – like you have to fully commit to these imperfect people that are in charge of you and fully commit to like that they are in charge and they know what's right and you have to fully commit to the idea that you're working this hard to win and everything's going to work like – And you, you have, have to, to be willing lie to, to sacrifice your body yes. for that. And, and social life and all this other stuff. And and then there were people that were like, "That's stupid," and they were probably right. You know what I'm saying? I just they were probably have fun right. And play a game. You're but, you're totally right. right. That is a whole but, conversation you know, to unpack. You know, the, mm-hmm. the 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 opposite of that though is those people did not play or thrive as often in the in the older versions of the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. And no, more totally. often, the totally. people that played and thrived were the psychos that all they wanted to do was eat, sleep, breathe football. And that those were very endearing to us growing up. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that's more of a dying breed. I think it's still the predominant breed. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're I right. think it's I still immediately the take that back. You're right. Like, like just watching quarterbacks and how much like uh, like Kirk studies and all these people and like and see and and you know what I mean. Like, I think that is still the main thing. But I I do see what you mean. Like, we're seeing it all the time. Like, it it is it's you know you don't want to say softer, but it is like let's call it, let's call it. I don't know. What's the word? I don't know. Because um, I don't want to call it softer or easier or anything. It's not. But well, it's different. It's certainly if you're different. Gonna it's not highlight- physical. So there's the softer aspect, I, I guess. Um, the league has accommodated for player safety, which has caused a shift. But I also think it's important to highlight the way that players have approached things. Um, people are starting to see that that hitting 
frequently as hard as you can is not going to make them more money in the long run and that the way to make money in this league is to make big flashy plays and avoid taking hits and the league knows that too running backs are secret running backs aren't making money wide -hmm. receivers that are getting hit a lot don't make money the ones that stay healthy make money the quarterbacks that don't get hit make money. Like, nobody wants the contact like they used to. One thing I see from off-the-ball linebackers that has been angering me a lot is how they're not taking on blockers in the running game. And they're trying yeah. to skirt them or undercut them in uh, back alley the run angles to get these plays. I love watching Sanborn because he will throw his shoulder into dudes. There's a highlight going around YouTube of Ivan Pace Jr. for the Vikings. Running across the body of a pulling guard and spiking him with his shoulder and throwing the guard into the running back for a tackle. You should watch that. It's really cool. He fucked up in pass coverage. Um, one thing uh, running out of running out of disc space, but I did, I did want to also highlight, um, I worry a bit. This is one I'm going to dig you on forever about, Andrew Booth and Lewis scene. Andrew Booth has not looked good anytime I've ever seen him. That's, that's just what it is. And Lewis scene, though, I think he's an incredible talent and I think he's going to make some plays. He's been fighting on your depth chart and you don't necessarily have any standout safeties other than an older Harrison Smith. So he's already in a dog fight on the depth chart. And every time he, he makes plays in the running game in college, it was because he runs a hundred miles an hour and just spears dudes, which is fun. But look what happens in the NFL. When you do that, you've got one cool play on JSN where you fly through the air and could get hurt. And two plays where you get dropped on your fucking butt against a good Mm -hmm. running back. You have to learn to hit and keep driving and keep churning your legs. That's my only thing. And if he can do that, he could be a superstar. I think. I'm uh, I'm very worried. I'm very worried about the Vikings cornerback situation. I'm excited um, to see what we do with um, Byron Murphy Jr. and and stuff. But I'm I'm worried for sure. Um, And then when it comes to seeing, I'm not worried. I'm willing to be like this guy played like two or three games last year of his rookie year. I'm willing to be like. You're yeah. Out of space? Yeah. All right. Let me just wrap. I'll wrap it up myself. So yeah. I'm willing to be like, um, this guy is going to learn from Harrison Smith. This guy is being installed in a Brian Flores defense. This guy is going to be able to um, still grow and learn. It's very, very early in his career. Very, very early in the season. Aiden has run out of disc space. <laughs> so I am going to wrap this episode up. Uh, on, actually, let me, I'll put you on speaker. Hang on. And that way you can be on it. Can you say something? Hello. All right, cool. Aiden's on here. So uh, I think it'll be good. I think um, I think that he'll learn. I, I, it's the same thing I'm saying about everything. I'm not going to freak out over the first preseason game. Scene's pad level is very high. I think he needs the. I think he needs the duck down and. He's going to get he hurt. It's my Smith only worry. And, yeah, he might get hurt. I hope he doesn't get hurt again. I think uh, T made a comment that eight minutes into the first preseason game, our edge tackling was already better, uh, and he's right. Like, we're better on the perimeter, and I'm just, like, happier than a pig in shit to have Brian Flores as our D coordinator. Like, my God. I think it's – I mean, dude, getting a head coach in any coordinator role is just always a win. It's always a win. So, Always, always. One thing important to know, uh, by this time next week for the next week's podcast, I will have initial review on Madden, which I will be able to play on Monday night. 
Yes, Aiden is copying it early. I am going to get it a little later down the line, but I cannot wait to hear your review. Hopefully, all the new tweaks to franchise are uh, as, as cool as they're implying. Yeah, I mean, they're going to they're gonna hype it up for features that we already had when we were younger. Um, I just hope that it makes franchise a little bit more realistic. I hope I can actually negotiate realistic contracts. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a shared franchise, connected franchise, uh, when available. I got that Spidey PS5 controller uh, pre-ordered. I've already almost beaten Spidey. I'm about... Luke, let me ask you this. Do I go straight into Spidey DLC or do I go into Miles Morales? Oh, do all the DLC. It, it, it precedes... Yes. Mm-hmm. I liked it. There's a there's a black cat storyline that's spicy. I like black cat. I found all of her locations. A little Felicia Hardy action. Um, there was one location that it was really hard to find the cat, and I got super annoyed. So, uh, with all that said, um, this has been NFL Mayo for NFL Mayo. I'm Luke. I'm Aiden. And I know Aiden's operating like NFL Network over here. All right, we will talk to you next week. Bye bye. NFL Network.